Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Jay Bregman. Jay, welcome to the show. Hi, Henry. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, many of us as small business owners are reassessing expenses these days from the ground up and often particular expense that comes to the top of the priority list is insurance, liability insurance in particular. Getting the insurance coverage you need for, for a job, sometimes just an individual job, can entail a lengthy and often complicated process, and it's cumbersome, expensive, not to mention hard to cancel when maybe you don't need it anymore. So Jay is going to share how his company, Thimble, offers a new kind of insurance product called on-demand insurance by the job or even by the hour. So we're going to explore that and see if that might be an option for you for your type of business. It really applies to all kinds of different small businesses, solopreneurs, individual practitioners. And so we're going to get into that with Jay as well as a little bit about his journey, how he got to where he is today. To receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So Jay Bregman is a serial entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Thimble. Again, Thimble delivers on-demand insurance by the job, making insurance simple and helping small business owners to succeed on their own terms. Jay previously founded Halo, a network that matches passengers and licensed taxi drivers, which he sold to Daimler. And prior to that, eCourier, a technology-enabled services company which was sold to the Royal Mail, which is the UK equivalent to the US post office. Jay lives in New York City in Manhattan. And so once again, Jay Bregman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Henry, for having me. Really excited to be here. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. As I was doing the research, of course, I couldn't help by noticing your educational background. So sometimes I like to start there. You, if I got it right, you studied philosophy. And then you went on to get an MBA, I believe, in media and communications regulation and policy. Where were you going with that? I'm always curious. Well, look, so when, when I got to Dartmouth, uh, first of all, I think actually education matters very little for, for entrepreneurs. So anybody out there uh, listening to this uh, you know, should, should know that. But uh, so I, when I got to Dartmouth, I uh, got some advice uh, from somebody that I should look through the entire book of courses, like 800 pages, and pick, regardless of major or discipline, the three courses that interested me most. One of the courses I chose was philosophy and computing. Uh, and this was, you know, like in the late 90s when computing was still really developing, right? Google was, was just being just a young search engine that people were afraid they would crash it if, they, if too many people heard about it. Uh, you know, Amazon was embryonic, eBay was embryonic. Um, uh, and so anyway, uh, so that, that really got me into the idea of thinking critically about what was going to happen with technology in the world. And I just got really hooked on it. So, so did you think, which, what did you think you were going to do with it as far as after school? Or was it just you looked at education as giving you that base foundation and then you would figure out, did, did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur back then? Yeah, it's a good question. So when I was younger, I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer, like a trial lawyer. Uh, You know, I was captain of debate team. I I really enjoyed argument. And then what happened was when I was in college, uh, I went to work for, I did an internship at the Berkman Center for Internet and Society at Harvard Law School. And I got to talk to a lot of the Harvard Law students. And it turned out that a lot of the law students wanted to go work for startups and be entrepreneurs. 
And they said, well, you know, this law thing is actually not that great. You, you want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> That's where all the action is, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, enough people that I trusted said that, that I said, no, maybe these guys are onto something. Maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't um, get a law degree just to become an entrepreneur. Maybe I should actually go right into it. And then for the next kind of five or 10 years, I was looking for the chance uh, and, and finally found that uh, when I was over uh, in, in London at, at just halfway through my, it was actually a, a MSc uh, at the London School of Economics and, and Political Science um, in Media and Communication Regulation and Policy, which, you know, God, I, I never thought I would use that for really anything, but, um, but, but uh, wanted to go to England because I was graduating college in 2001 and there were basically no jobs in technology. It was a complete nuclear winter. Uh, and so I figured I would go to England for a year and wait it out and, you know, get some experience uh, and some world experience. And, uh, you know, one thing led, led to another and we started uh, eCourier, which became uh, first business. And after that, I was hooked. So right out of school, you launched eCourier. I couldn't quite have put that, the dates together. Or did you, did you have any kind of a career in between there? I couldn't quite put that together. Absolutely no career, uh, you know, uh, and basically I can remember, you know, writing my master's thesis while doing construction on our office uh, in East London. So it was as contemporaneous as you could imagine. Um, and, you know, the thing is that once once I, we had this idea for eCourier and we, we got this funding for it and we were actually building something, School just was something that I had to do to tick the box. I really was so excited and intrigued by, uh, you know, developing this new kind of mobile technology that would allow you to automate uh, and, and visualize where your courier was, which at the time in 2004 was totally revolutionary in the world. Uh, and it was just, um, you know, it was just clear that that was what I really wanted to do. Uh, and so school kind of naturally tailed off. Looking back at it now, not having had any corporate exposure or consulting or management, did that hurt, help, does it matter? What's your perspective? Yeah, my perspective is that honestly, with regard to, to entrepreneurs that actually want to start businesses, uh, I, I think really um, school is, by the most part, irrelevant. I mean, it, it, it's nice to have some general uh, kind of undergraduate experience. There are smart and sophisticated people doing pretty much anything. The reason I think entrepreneurs should you know, go to college is because I think as a social experience, um, it's extremely useful and you're exposed to lots of different ideas and ways of thinking that you're probably not going to be exposed to in any other way. Um, so for, for that reason alone, I think it's valuable. But, you know, which college and uh, what major and all these other things, I, I think they're just washed out. And also the, the idea of having business experience. I mean, some people say you got to go to Harvard Business School. You, you don't have to go to Harvard Business School. Um, you know, it, 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 it really doesn't. Those kind of skills can be acquired or uh, you can find many other people who did go to Harvard Business School to, to help you um, with, with those particular areas. Do you think the education had any bearing on getting funding for eCourier? Yeah, I think it had absolutely nothing to do with that, um, to be honest. I, I think it was, you know, your first time getting funding is really all about what I consider to be the greatest uh, entrepreneurial skill, which is just being relentless. I mean, everybody is going to say no to you the first time. You have no track record. You're, you're in your tw early 20s. Uh, you know, you, you really have no job experience. There's, there's just nothing to bet, to bet on. You know, it's a complete crapshoot to think that you can do the crazy thing that you think that you can do. Um, so yeah, and anyway, it's really all about what is the grit that you have to 
go back to investor after investor after investor, hear no again and again and again, and go back and give the same pitch a slightly better than the last time because of what you learned in the last meeting and do it again and again and again. That takes a lot of um, self-confidence. It takes a lot of uh, belief in yourself to not lose that. And I'm sure there are days when you, when you did, but, but tell me a little bit about that. Do you, do you think that was an innate characteristic of yours or did you have to develop that? Yeah, so look, I, I, I've always believed in the mission of every business. And the mission has always changed a little bit. And sometimes I would view these meetings where people said no as opportunities to get a little bit of feedback as to how to make the pitch a little bit better, or maybe even to change one or two small things about how uh, the idea was put together. Uh, you know, but ultimately, I believed in the problem and that that problem had to be solved uh, and that somebody was going to solve it, be it us or somebody else. Is, is that part of what drives you then, Jay? You, you've started multiple companies now already. Um, you know, if we look at your education, the way you approach that, it seems similar. It seems like something will interest you and you go and you're fixated on it until you solve that problem. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, look, I, I think it is fair. And the great thing about that, if there are aspiring entrepreneurs out there, is the world is a fantastically broken and inefficient place. You know, everywhere you look in every single industry, there is just tons of opportunity to make the customer experience better. Uh, and so if you really look hard enough and you really learn about anything, any particular uh, area at all, it's really not optimal um, and, and it could be improved. And, and so that's what I think is so great about um, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, there are opportunities everywhere. I, I'm getting asked a lot, is this a good time to start a business? What do you think? You know what? It doesn't really matter because a lot of people are going to be forced into doing it. You know, basically, having no options is sometimes the best reason to start a business. You have no runway. It, it's like the idea of getting a real job or getting another job that you might not like and doing it on your own. Sometimes the environment needs to intervene and basically you know, push you a little bit in one direction. And so I, I think a lot of people, I hope, in, in, with COVID will be, you know, will, will, for, for whatever reason, uh, you know, get knocked off whatever path they were on, be that school or, um, uh, you know, or the job that they had or the promotion they were looking for, whatever it is, and actually rethink about maybe now is as good a time as any uh, to be able to, to actually start something new. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's been my experience. And that's what I'm seeing, you know, myself as a business coach, I'm seeing a lot of interest. And again, it's, it's a wake up call, right? We had just gone off with this few years of everybody was employed, all kinds of jobs available, and then another reality hits that, wait a second, that's not as stable as you think it is. Well, and yeah, if you look at my experience, right, you know, had 2001 and the down, economic downturn bubble burst not happened, maybe I'd be working for Microsoft now. I right. mean, I have no, no idea, right? Like, it, but, 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 but it did happen and it did force people uh, to really rethink uh, what, they, what they wanted to do. And it put entrepreneurship on an even pedestal because there were just so few other options. So I'm, I'm always interested in some of the things I'm trying to dig out is the characteristics that make for a successful entrepreneur. And of course, everybody's unique, but I do find that there are common things. You mentioned your relentlessness. And then I noticed one of the company values for Thimble was to be ruthlessly precise, disciplined, sweat the small, sweat the small stuff. The reason that stood out for me is sometimes the advice that we get as entrepreneurs is don't sweat the small stuff, right? 80% is good enough. Um, you know, kind of know when to pivot. 
tell me your thoughts about that. Is, has that been your approach and that's proven successful for you, this re- ruthless precision and this discipline and sweating the small stuff? I'm curious about that. So I think your values as a company really should be specific and tailored to the industry that you're in. Now, if we were a, a social network, this would make no sense, right? And we'd probably be outgunned by Facebook and others who would be moving fast and breaking things all the time. But as we're an insurance business, uh, it's very different because it's a highly regulated, precision, rewarding environment where basically every pixel has to be perfect, every box has to be ticked, or there could be massive legal consequences for you, or maybe even your, your, you know, your customer doesn't get the insurance that they should have gotten. Uh, so there is, there is something about this industry, I mean, and the reason why it is regulated so harshly is because it's so important. You know, literally somebody's entire business future could be riding on the outcome of this insurance policy. And that's why the states want it to be absolutely perfect. And that's why as a business, we have to both balance being technologically innovative, forward thinking, the best of the best, beautiful and et cetera, but also down to the last absolute pixel perfect, um, you know, small stuff and to be disciplined about every word in the policies that we arrange. Uh, and I think that's a very, very interesting tension to manage in a technology business. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes sense in light of what you do for for a business. For you personally, though, how do you look at being a perfectionist? Yeah, so I, I really love these details. I think there is beauty in the details of anything. And I think that, you know, no matter what business that you're in or what industry you're in, actually, if you look at it closely enough, um, it, it may from the outside look very easy or, uh, you know, uh, very slick, et cetera. But, but there, there was really, there were a lot of rough edges about every business uh, and every type of business. Uh, and so I think by, by applying this kind of, you know, electron microscope to it and making sure that your solution not only works, but is the best down to the level of the last detail. Uh, I think that's really, really important. Okay. All right. Great stuff. All right. So, so what leads then to you identifying this problem in the industry of, you know, the lack of on-demand insurance options? What led you to, to focus on solving this problem? Sure. Well, I mean, like Halo came out of my experience in London, uh, which was that, you know, the career industry is really inefficient. And so let's build technology uh, to help, you know, automate the, the dispatch of work and give people visibility into where their courier was, that was pre-iPhone. The iPhone came out, uh, I think in 2008, uh, or became mature in 2008. Uh, And I I saw that as an opportunity to create a new kind of network where you didn't have to actually provide the the hardware to the taxi drivers, uh, which could be very expensive, but they could use their own phones. And this was a huge revelation at the time. You know, Uber was only in San Francisco. Uh, and so we created this business that allowed us to uh, to match uh, drivers and passengers and do payment, et cetera, uh, you know, completely captured London and, and many other European countries. Um, and w- what I also found interesting about it was this idea of, of a driver using their personal phone to get a job from a network that wasn't maybe their normal way of getting work. I, I thought that that was very intriguing. And, you know, people would come to call that the birth of the gig economy, right? Mm, right. Um, and, and so th- this idea that you are working for an app, I guess, or, or you're working with an app, you know, it, it's, it's part of your day 
is making money or, or doing commercial activity from uh, some technology platform rather than sh setting up a, a storefront or being, you know, being people uh, off the street, uh, et cetera. And, and I just thought it was very interesting that um, there was no business services that were pivoting to be able to accommodate this way that people were going to work in the future, which was not, I'm going to start a small business, which means that I'm going to work a nine to five and I'm going to get a couple employees and I'm going to get a shop front and I'm going to look like every other business. Uh, and, you know, and then I'm going to need an annual insurance policy, uh, you know, uh, and I'm going to call my broker and I'm going to get it. It was very much that people were going to dip in and out of work and create things in very different ways. And basically the definition of success in business, I think was gonna change um, from um, whatever it happened to be before to something where people might wanna work only a couple days a week. People might wanna do different things. People might wanna uh, sell, be a cross hybrid business uh, that, that people never thought could exist uh, you know, before. Um, and basically to be able to really, to forge their own, uh, their own destiny. And you know, one of the things that really gets in a lot of people's way when they think about success uh, and creating a business is insurance. Um, that's when a lot of people get stopped out. They, they get denied work. Uh, they try and get good jobs, but they can't get these jobs because the clients want insurance and they can't get insurance because they're not uh, exactly the type of business that an insurance company wants or they don't wanna pay an annual upfront fee, uh, which is just the way that the industry operates. Um, you know, so that really was the genesis of the idea that, look, there is a massive market out there for business insurance that is going to change and we're going to change it. I got to think that it, one of the immediate roadblocks has to have been what you've already touched on, which is how highly regulated this industry is. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's actually not. That, that's the excuse that the incumbents use when they don't innovate. They say, they, oh, they like, hide behind that. Yeah, yeah, we can't do it. The regulators won't let us. But actually, you speak to any of these regulators, to any regulators in any of the states in, in America, and they want innovation. They want innovative products in their market. Why? Because their task is to make the market more competitive. And, and, they're, so and they, they're hearing from consumers, from the, the people buying these insurance products, that this is broken, I suspect. Yeah, and basically they haven't had, a, I mean, they're sitting there and they haven't had a new business insurance product that's fundamentally different in like 50 years. Uh, and, and so they think to themselves, is this really serving the customer best? So, so actually what we found uh, at Thimble is that regulators are more than willing to work with you to find ways to get your product to be within the law and be within the bound. Uh, and so, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, th th this idea uh, that people should think wild, but act tame right? And that be the, the compliant radicals of the industry. And that's really what we believe. Um, and, and we are executing on that in spades all over in all 50 states. Um, and we'll continue to keep doing it because, um, because yeah, actually the regulation can be a friendly thing, uh, you know, for you if you understand how that system works and how to adapt your products to it better than the other guy. So let's talk a little bit about who, who's an ideal customer for this type of insurance product. I know you've got some examples on, on the website, but let's talk a little bit about that, who, who this is a great fit for. Uh, most popular sales are to uh, self-employed, and that could be like, you know, anything from hairdressers to handymen. But let's take the handyman example, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody, somebody will, will get a big job, you know, replacing, uh, you know, uh, or replacing a window at, at a, um, at a business. And basically uh, that business, as it is its policy, will say to the um, uh, 
to the handyman, look, we need to see your certificate of insurance as, a, as our company policy before you start the job. And we need to be added to that policy in case right. something goes wrong. Because right. so I, I, then that, I've been in there, you know, when I brought somebody on to do work in my places, I want to see, I want to be named as an insured, depending on how much work they're doing. Uh, especially if maybe it's a handyman is going to do regular work here. I want to see that policy. I want to have a copy of it and I want it to name me as an additional insured, right? That's and, you know, and it's smart practice in America. Right. You have to, you have to, you have to, because, you have to. Well, because otherwise what happens is yes, you may have insurance yourself as the business, but if there's a massive claim, a hundred thousand dollar claim, guess what? You're going to pay higher premiums forever. So, so, so that's why uh, the, the risk is distributed down to the level of the individual. Uh, so, so we, we might have, uh, you know, individuals that buy, uh, for example, a week of coverage that would cover, you know, a single job or a number of jobs. What, what we did, what we also have now, though, is the ability for uh, businesses to subscribe in a Netflix sort of way. Uh, so that they can buy the insurance on a rolling month-to-month -month basis. So they can buy a one-month policy that becomes a two-month policy that becomes a three-month policy. And that's a huge technical and regulatory innovation um, uh, right there. We call it Thimble Monthly uh, because it doesn't require the handyman to, to sit with an insurance broker and to say, okay, look, I want to buy uh, a, a year of, of, of policy now and I need to pay a huge deposit or you know, the whole thing up front or, or whatever it is. I mean, a lot of people just don't know what the future holds, especially now in terms of work. So why are we making them pay for it any differently than they would pay for Netflix or any other consumer subscription? Yeah, and I, might, I might have a seasonal business or I might purposely take off a month or whatever the situation might be, right? It's ab absolutely right. You know, the, the insurance should be simple. The insurance should be flexible. It should fit into your lifestyle and your business and not the other way around. This is Henry Lopez with a brief interruption to introduce you to our sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. Small businesses have unique needs, and despite the current uncertainty, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. When your business is ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person quickly. A couple of things I personally find extremely useful about LinkedIn Jobs include the job description templates and the skills keywords. It makes it easy and fast for me to post a job opening and start receiving qualified candidates. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 690 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for and puts your job post in front of qualified members every day so that it's seen by people looking for jobs like yours. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay for what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash how. Again, that's linkedin.com slash how to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's continue with the example of the handyman. Uh, so if I'm a handyman, let's look at it from that perspective. What do, what do I do first to, to and, and, I'm, and I've got a job, I'm gonna be working for about a month or so, let's say doing some work at somebody's place of business. Like you said, they've asked me for proof of insurance. Uh, what's the first step that that handyman yeah. takes? So you're gonna do one of two things. You're either gonna go and search on Google, uh, and of course we have a big presence there, or you're gonna call 
your friend in insurance. Your friend in insurance could be your, your, your car insurance broker, home insurance broker. Um, you know, it could be your brother that works in insurance, whatever it is. And you're going to say, look, I don't know nothing about this. I need insurance, et cetera. Now, we, we have programs for brokers that can actually get commission for referring, okay. uh, right. you know, business to us in addition to, uh, you know, systems on, on Google. So what an independent is, broker can sell your product. Over 4,000 independent brokers in America sell our product. Um, and, and they sell it because it's so easy and the customers love it. And, and they, the brokers in America really do want, uh, and everywhere, really want the best for their customers. Um, they do, Jay, but, but, there's, but there's commission influence there, right? So aren't they more, uh, more likely to want to sell me a year's policy than a month's policy? Well, it's about time. I mean, basically, you got to look at the equation. The equation is that a, a year policy for a, for a handyman could cost, you know, three or $500 or something like that. But that could take a very long time on a competing system to ours. You could be looking at an hour or two of work to be able to originate the policy. And then and then every job that handyman gets, they've got to call back in to you and they've got to wait. No, I need a certificate. Need this guy added all the manual process. And so the broker has nightmares about this. Yeah, the administrative costs are just don't make sense. so it's not worth it. So what the broker really wants is a solution, a tech solution that they can basically refer their customer to and say, this is the best. Now, they still get commission on that, by the way, the same commission in many cases they would have gotten before, except the customer self-services because it's more efficient for them and more efficient for, for the customer. So, so now when this handyman has another job, he doesn't, he doesn't have to go back to a broker. He can basically buy, he can extend his policy. He can subscribe to our Thimble Monthly policy. Um, he can add additional insurance right on our app. Uh, you know, we, we're the only app that allows you to buy business insurance uh, on the app store. That's incredible, but, but that's the way most businesses are run nowadays. So that's where we, where we want to be and we want to uh, have the facilities so that people can just in a couple of taps do things that with traditional policies can take hours. And then um, when he shows up at the place of work, you know, I, I want to see that, I think it's the declarations page or whatever that shows me the proof of insurance, the, the me named as additional insured. So it handles providing that uh, location, the, the business, the customer, that documentation that I'm looking for. We've got all that flow optimized. So what you will do is you, you, you can get a requirements document from your, from your customer, or you, you enter it into the app as the handyman. You enter in the email address of your client that wants to be added. We add it instantly, bind the policy, uh, send the policy from us as Thimble, your broker, uh, to uh, to basically the client, and the client gets a full policy certificate, additional insured endorsement, everything that's the waiver of subrogation, everything that they're looking for um, in one shot. And, and if you modify the policy, for example, you extend it, or um, uh, then basically the customer gets any updates. So it's a totally seamless system that's designed so you can focus on your work and not having to, to really think about your insurance that much at all. Yeah. We've been talking about a handyman. This could be any kind of a freelancer, a consultant, a photographer, uh, janitors, cleaning services, landscapers, uh, beauty professionals. You know, all of those are great examples of types of of businesses, small businesses that could benefit from this approach to insurance. I mean, go to Thimble.com or or download our app, uh, search Thimble on the App Store or the Play Store. Uh, There are hundreds of professions uh, that are covered and there will be hundreds more that will be covered uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, so we are expanding our platform significantly because we have so much demand from other types of businesses, uh, retail businesses, et cetera, uh, that we just haven't traditionally uh, serviced. Uh, but we, we will, our goal is to be able to be this one-stop shop for uh, any type of small business that wants 
an insur simple insurance that can help them succeed. You started with drone pilots, which I found interesting. And so there's got to be a story there as to why that was first. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting story, actually. So uh, this was 2016. So we, we were looking for, you know, one of the, the things that a lot of entrepreneurs do wrong, and, and I think learn the hard way, is they, they bite off more than they can chew. You know, if they want to build some kind of a system or some kind of solution, they build too much. And basically that means that they drown. Right. They can't possibly they don't solve the problem. They don't solve any problem because they're trying to solve every, every problem. Well, and it's so, a classic we, thing where I think everybody wants this, but only the market really tells me what features they want. Right. Exactly. And I think the way that you get around that is you laser focus. You do one thing perfectly. It could be a small thing. And then you learn and then you, you blow it out and you blow it out and you blow it out. Uh, and so with us, you know, I happen to be a really uh, avid drone pilot in 2016. And I noticed that a lot of these drone pilots, um, who, who were like, you know, semi-professionals. They, they were photographers, they were real estate brokers, um, they were construction guys. They, they bought a drone and they had to get an FAA license to, to fly it for money, for right, clients. Right. And so once they did that, the clients got smart and the clients uh, said to the photographer uh, that wanted to, they hired for Fox News, said, look, where's your certificate of insurance? And by the way, I wanna see aviation insurance because mm. this is, this is uh, normally excluded from normal business policies, of course, because it flies. Right. <laughs> so, so it created this weird gap in the market where these customers uh, that were consumers, basically very tiny businesses, they, they needed to buy consumerized aviation insurance. And the only way they could do it was by going to an aviation insurance broker, normally sells insurance for planes uh, by the year. Uh, and, and they were trying to ask for this, like, hey, can I buy two hours, three hours here? And of course they couldn't do that. And so we, we developed this actual new type of insurance policy that allowed them to buy between one and eight hours of, of aviation insurance up to $10 million uh, to cover a particular area around where they were flying with just simple, no questions all through an app. Uh, and, and we learned how to build an admitted insurance policy uh, and how to build the technology around that. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and the drone pilots are using it till, still today. It's, it's, I think it's the most popular drone pilot app in America. And obviously there's not, there, there, there are not 10 million drone pilots, uh, you know, no, but, but a lot of those drone pilots weren't a professional exclusive drone pilots. Of course, they were photographers, they were real estate brokers, they were contractors. And so they were easily, easy, they, they said to us, look, you know, we really would like you to cover our main business, not just this drone that we fly a couple of times a year. Uh, and so that was kind of the, the way that we expanded. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to come back to it as an example because I, I've got, uh, in particular, a consulting client of mine. They do uh, wind, building envelope analysis, water penetration analysis, and they use drones. You're seeing it more and more in construction to inspect high-rise buildings. Interesting. And uh, so there's an application there as well. You're seeing mm -hmm. it more and more in the construction industry. All right, but I want to break down the type of insurance that we're talking about here. I think if I understood it correctly, what we're covering here, which are the two basic types of insurance, we're talking about general liability and then separate professional liability. Can you kind of explain that? I just want to make sure the listeners and myself understand clearly what kind of coverage we're talking about. Yeah. So, so general liability insurance uh, protects uh, you and your business from uh, injury or uh, damage to third party people or property. Um, so it, it's the most common business insurance in America. If you're asked for nothing else, you'll be asked for that. Um, professional liability insurance is um, uh, a little different. It's, it's basically 
uh, a mini kind of malpractice insurance for your errors and omissions um, uh, as, a, as a business. It mainly applies to more white collar um, uh, professions like you know, consulting or photography, et cetera, uh, to fill gaps associated with the intellectual work that they do. Mm-hmm. And, and I want, one thing I want to clarify here is if, if I've got a brick and mortar business, then I, I cannot have lapses in my coverage of liability. So that's not what we're talking about here. Although I could buy your product for that as long as it, there was no lapse in coverage, right? I just want to yeah. make sure I clarify that for people who have a business that might have a component of it that's brick and mortar or there are physical assets, yeah, look, the, the, the physical assets in, in, in uh, brick and mortar, uh, you know, is not so much an issue depending on what you're trying to cover. Um, uh, you know, and we do, our Thimble Monthly product is a continuous product, meaning that basically as, as long as you keep subscribing to it, it, it will keep extending and therefore you will continue to, to have coverage. Uh, so we can, you know, support that. I think what, what uh, is coming uh, with regard to the products that we, uh, that we have is uh, like a, a business owners type policy where it has a little bit of commercial property if you have a shop front in addition to your general liability uh, and even your uh, inland marine which is basically like insurance for your stuff so for example if you have a laptop computer or uh, you know you have a fifty thousand dollar camera or something like that or not fifty thousand dollars but let's say ten thousand dollars then basically you will be able to insure uh, that through us as well. It's a pretty common thing yeah. we get, we, or, or you know, give tools, et cetera. Now, these, all of these types of insurance sound really complicated, and, and they are. And so what our app does and our flow does is you, you don't really have to think about it. We are, uh, based on the type of business you are and a couple of very, very simple um, uh, criteria, we can basically arrange for you the exact tailored coverage that you need for your business. You don't have to worry about uh, you know, do I do I need this or do I need that or, or other things? Our, our philosophy is very much to to package things together when it's necessary for your type of business, just to make it easier and simpler for you. Since we're we're a lot of times talking about solopreneurs, very small businesses, do personal credit scores come into play? How, how does how do you evaluate whether someone is insurable or not? Yes, absolutely not. Uh, you know. The great thing about our product is it was built from the ground up with modern technology. And that modern technology does not actually need to ask any more than one question, which is, have you ever had more than $15,000 of losses in the past three years? Other than that, and there, you know, there, there are no, um, uh, no, no questions, no credit scores, uh, you know, no disqualifications. You'll never get something that, that you got to fill out the whole application at the very end of it after half an hour of questions that, sorry, we can't help you. We don't do any of that. Um, it's a very, very different 21st century system that is completely um, fair and built from the ground up. And in part of that process, you'll tell me if my particular type of business is covered or not. Yeah, you can find that out in like 10 seconds. I mean, yeah. literally you go to thimble.com, Download the apps uh, by searching Thimble on the App Store. Uh, type in your profession. There's hundreds supported, but we will tell you instantaneously if it's something mm-hmm. that we cover now or we're going to cover in the future, um, uh, and we can notify you when, when you do. All right. I want to go back to, just to make sure I'm understanding it all, I want to go back to my example of my client. They've got a pretty large operation. They've got offices. They've got about 30 employees. Uh, they've got, obviously, your typical business owner's policy, liability policy that covers them. 
But let's take the drone example for them. They might deploy a drone a particular job, and as you articulated, that job owner, that site owner might say, I want to see insurance. They could, on top of their current policy, take out a you know one-day or one-month policy with Thimble to cover them for the drone operation separately and individually yeah. on that job, correct? That, that's a really good question. So actually, we have a separate app for that. It's called Verifly. Uh, but V-E-R-I-F-L-Y. So if you search for Verifly on the App Store or the Play Store, you will be able to buy up to $10 million of supplementary aviation insurance that will sit on top of whatever other insurances that you have. And it's in use by businesses like the one you described every day. Um, uh, and, and basically, so you go on, you answer a couple of questions. It's heavily based on where you're flying, where your location is. Um, and, and you just instantly get a quote, pay instantly, uh, the policy is bound instantly. It has access to many of the same features that uh, that the, the Core Thimble platform does. Okay. All right. Very good. What I was trying to get at as well, Jay, is I could have a combination. Obviously, you know, if I'm a type of operator that has a, a vehicle that has a separate insurance policy for it, I may or may not cover a general business owners. And then I may have a professional liability policy that's being required of me for a particular job that I'm doing. And that might be a thimble policy. I can mix, I can have a combination of these policies based on what I need for my business. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. And what, what I will say is though, that uh, our progression is going to be that uh, we hope that you will continuously select to have those additional policies with us as we bring online those different lines of business so that, it. you know, the, the vision here is that you've got a general liability month to month policy with us. You love it. You need professional liability. You can buy that instantly with one tap. You, you need in the Marine to, to get insurance for your equipment. No problem with one tap. You can buy that. Uh, you grow up and need commercial property insurance. No problem. You can buy that. So, so we're really trying to make this just as simple as push button so that the, the entrepreneurs out there can really focus on their business and not have to focus on, oh my God, what am I gonna do about insurance? Do I have the right insurance, uh, et cetera. Yeah. My personal recommendation to business owners often is to seek a good local referred recommended independent insurance broker to help you with putting this all together. If it's your first time in particular, right? Uh, because I, I, I don't want people to make mistakes and, and have lapses in coverage or lack of coverage. And I think a good, a good independent broker can help that. Nothing against the big companies. I, I have policies from the big names, but I think that's a good first step. I, I get what, you know, you want people to go to Thimble, but I just want to put that out there to the yeah. list. Make sure yeah, you've sure. got the right coverage, yeah. So, so look, I think, I think, you know, I think you should do both, you know, and, and it, it, odds are the broker will recommend us anyway, but, you know, but I think for many businesses, actually going to those kind of brokers doesn't work well because the brokers know how to prioritize their time. They don't want to bet on a tiny, tiny, tiny business to, you know, to invest a lot of time in, in a relationship that might not be there. So a, a lot of customers sometimes can find it challenging to get the attention that they need for their first uh, policy. But, but we have a great relationship with the broker community. They're huge advocates and we are huge advocates of them. Uh, and so, you know, we think that basically, um, you know, that there was room for both of us. Fair enough. All right. When I was first looking at this, it was my first exposure to this product, um, just because I haven't looked for it. It sounded too good to be real. It still sounds a little too good to be real. So how did you guys make this happen? Why, why is it that this isn't more common? 
Yeah, look, I mean, so I, all right, you think about, think about, you know, seeing a movie, right? And, and, okay, so, so seeing a movie used to be, you got to buy a ticket to a theater, you got to make a date to go to it, you got to go to the theater, you got to see the movie, you got to pay, uh, you know, for, for food and blah, 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 and, and, and that's it. And that's the movie experience. Well, I mean, that sounds crazy right now to anybody who says, well, I don't understand Netflix. I, I subscribe to Netflix, I'm done. You know, I get any movie that, 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 that I want, I pay on a month to month basis. I mean, for us, that's the way it should be. You, you know, you shouldn't have to, you can still go to the theater if you want to, but you shouldn't, shouldn't have to. If you want to, you should be able to easily and simply subscribe for the products that you uh, want, the insurance products that you want. And there should be a system that allows you to interact with your clients seamlessly, takes all these workflows into account. Um, so that basically, you know, on your phone, you can manage everything to do with your insurance and, you know, no matter what kind of business that, that uh, you are. And to do that, that simple idea is years of hard work from some of the smartest team that certainly I've ever worked with uh, in, in my career. Um, you know, that is people that, that have been in the insurance industry for 30 years. Uh, that is, you know, people on the uh, product side that are coming from Amazon and other kinds of you know, really particular uh, you know, places uh, that understand how to build highly complex infrastructures to support super simple experiences. Um, and so that's what we have done over a number of years. And we've learned from the customers over a number of years. Uh, we have great partners. So we work with uh, insurance companies like Markel that actually provide the insurance uh, backend capacity to us. They're Fortune 500 companies, but but uh, understand that the world is um, is changing. Uh, so yeah, I, I won't say it's easy by any measure, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah, you yeah because because to use the the film analogy, you're, it's not just allowing me to see the film when I want it. It's let let me see a piece of the film because we're talking about monthly, we're talking about daily, we're talking about hourly if I want to, right? I think that's totally right. And and it's, but it's exactly right. I mean, I guess you could take the analogy back to that, which is. Look, if you want to start, uh, you know, Inception halfway through, you should be able to do that. You shouldn't right. have to go to the theater again right. and sneak in halfway through. the. I mean, you know, so, so you do get you do unlock these benefits of flexibility when you personalize, uh, you know, the, the access to uh, to these these kind of core services. And we, we want to create a very intimate relationship with you at insurance that's simple where you just don't have to think about it. But we give you the tools to be able to get the policy you need today, but also to grow with your business in the future. Is the technology platform, I'm assuming also how you're able to handle within these time increments within which I'm covered and when the claim or incident actually happened, how do you manage that? I'm just, I'm just very curious yeah. about that. No, right? it's, it's a very, it's very interesting because actually that's part of the, so part of the reason that, that no legacy insurance company, bigger insurance company, has done anything like this. I mean, one reason is because all of their legacy systems that manage their policies, they just don't have any conception of anything other than a day, a month, and a year. They, they don't have any conception of, um, uh, you know, of sometimes not even a day, right? So, so basically down to an hour or a minute or a second, like it doesn't exist. There is no conception of it. They've only been selling things on an annual basis. Uh, and so they're, you know, to, to, to break that, apart and actually start selling it in smaller pieces is you know, a hugely revolutionary uh, you know, type thing. And yes, you, you need the technology for it. The technology has to be exact, but also the customer experience has to be perfect too, because 
you know, you have to be able to sell the customer robust coverage, right? You can't sell them a day of coverage. And then if they build like a deck during that day, uh, that if the deck collapses the next day or five days later, you know, they, in a normal experience that wouldn't be covered, right? right? But, but right. In, our, in our experience, we extend your products and completed operations by a year from the time that your policy uh, expires to give you coverage for the things that you did and completed operations that you had within that um, within the policy period you bought. These are some of the things nobody ever thought about when they think about uh, short-term policies. These are the these are the, the, the what we've solved basically uh, over the years to be able to provide robust coverage even at these small levels. Um, compelling, compelling, no doubt. All right, great. We can talk about this forever. Um, what have we not talked about of Thimble's offerings that uh, you would like to summarize for us? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the, the one thing uh, that that I would say is uh, we are uh, really starting a big hiring push. So I don't have anything up on the website yet, but just for people to check uh, that if they are interested in working for uh, a high growth startup, doesn't matter where you are in the United States. Uh, we're a remote first company now, uh, which is, I think, very, very cool. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we, we'd love to, to talk to you. What type of positions are we talking about? Uh, so yeah, we're talking about a, really a huge gamut, everything from insurance to marketing to product UX. Um, it's a, a gamut. But, right. uh, but and, and you, by the way, you should talk to us even if you're not in those type of roles, but you're interested in working uh, with a startup and you, uh, you know, because we, we, we may be looking uh, for you in the future. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. All right, uh, books. I'm always interested in, in a book recommendations, something you've read in the past or are reading now that you would recommend. So one of the books that I found to be most interesting, and I think every entrepreneur should read, and I've given out copies to, to others, is called The Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Uh, and it's, it's by a PhD who does nothing but sleep analysis. And it explains you know, what sleep is, how it works, what it does, what it's for, all the experiments they've done around it. And I, I think that the kind of TLDR on that is it is probably the most important asset that an entrepreneur has, right? So you know, when I was early in my career, I didn't know any of this. And so I didn't sleep enough. Uh, and, and, you know, it, caused, it made things really, really uh, not as enjoyable, I think, as they are today for me probably or for, or for others. Uh, you know, that's a time that I guard now religiously because it is basically just the keystone of performance. I think in any entrepreneur's life and you, you have to make sure that you protect it uh, no matter what. So that's you, kind of the way that I feel about it and why that book I think is so important. Yeah, it's a great recommendation. Do you have any sleeping issues? Oh yeah, all the time. I'm, but, but I, I mean, I guess what I'm, <laughs> what, uh, what I'm trying to say is even with sleeping issues that I think every entrepreneur has, you have to at least set aside enough time that takes into account the fact that you might have issues. Uh, you know, you can't really sleep faster and, you know, just, oh, I only leave six hours and it's going to be absolutely perfect every night. No, I think that's kind of part of the buffering that you have to do. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Fascinating. All right. What's one thing, Jay, you want us to take about, take, want us to take away from this conversation we've had about this on-demand insurance approach uh, for small business owners, obviously, is who it's focused for primarily. One thing you want to stick away. Well, look, I, you know, I just really want to thank them uh, because I, I have been a third time entrepreneur. I've done this twice in London, you know, once here in, in, in New York. 
Um, I've been through 2008, 2001, and now a pandemic. And I got to say, you know, it is a wild world out there. And anybody who uh, has the courage to be able to start their own business and to weather through, uh, you know, things that happen in the world uh, that, you know, are, are sometimes impossible to predict, you know, just really deserve uh, thanks, uh, especially from the people who know how hard it is. So um, that's what I would have to say. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. And tell us where you want us to go online and learn more. Absolutely. So you should go to thimble.com or search the app store for Thimble. Um, We'd be very happy to talk to you. Wonderful. Jay, this has been an interesting conversation. Uh, Thanks for answering all my questions and taking the time to be with me today. Henry, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for doing the program. Thank you. This is Henry Lopez. Thanks for listening to the, this episode of the how of business. My guest today again was Jay Bregman. We release new episodes every Monday morning and you can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, the Or you can just text the word biz B I Z to three one nine nine six to receive more information. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.